Welcome to Jim Galliano's Building a Better Web Presence podcast. Build something better with less moving parts, less overhead, and less headaches. Hey everyone, this is Jim Galliano. Welcome back to today's podcast episode. I'm glad you're here. I'm laughing because before I hit the record button, I was thinking of a conversation I was having with someone recently. And I'm celebrating my 25th year in business online this year. And my client was telling me she was celebrating her 25th year a few years ago with her offline business. And she remembers that when she was five years into it, she would often talk about how long she's been doing. I've been doing this five years. I've served X number of customers or clients. And then it gets to the point where you can say, well, I've been doing this 10 years and it has even more credibility than five years. But when it comes to 20 years, when it comes to 25 years, she said, I'm beginning to think now that I'm on the opposite side of the spectrum where people might think, well, maybe they're no longer in their prime or maybe they're not up to date with the latest techniques and all of that. And it was funny because I've never really thought about it like that before, but it does make sense. And so she said that from that point forward, she'd be talking about being in business for over 25 years, not you know saying, oh, today's my or this is my 26th anniversary, or this is my 27th. She would just say 25 plus. And when I think of 25 years, I think about uh, how they do the jail sentencing here in the United States. I think life in prison is 25 years, isn't it? Or is it 20 years or somewhere in between that? I think it's about 25 years is considered life in prison. And so if you look at 25 years in the span of a lifetime, if you're born today, 25 years is into the future, then you're a young person right in the middle of your 20s. If you're 30, 35, or 40, and you subtract 25 years, you're significantly younger. In other words, 25, no matter where you put it, for example, if you're 100 and you subtract 25 years, you're 75. It's a significant period of time, and a lot changes in a 25-year span of time. And so when I look at the online world, I'm looking at it from maybe a little bit of a different vantage point than the average person that's doing business online today. And I'm not going to say that it's better or worse or somewhere in between. It is what it is. But I do know that when I think about this podcast and I think about my slogan, building a better kind of online business, one that has less moving parts, less overhead, less headaches, fewer of all the things that you don't want. I think about the fact that I had spent several years in the beginning building the exact opposite of that. And when you recognize that you're heading in the wrong direction, it's not really easy, especially if you're making money, to stop what you're doing and to create a different plan and to head in in a completely different direction. And yet, I don't know the percentage of you who are in this place. But if I had to guess, I would say that most of you are in a position right now, not all of you, most, many, who are trying to change direction because you realize that what you're doing and how you're doing it and the energy that you're putting into doing it is not something that you want to maintain, let's say, three to five years into the future. And so, It was that mindset, and keep in mind, 25 years is enough time to reinvent yourself multiple times, which I had to do my necessity in the online world. Now, 
If you have a digital agency, if you're providing a service for people, then you already know from experience that people value the same service, perhaps a little bit differently from one period of time to the next. So for example, maybe people looked at social media marketing a little bit different in 2017 than they do today in 2023, or starting a new Instagram account in 2017 as compared to 2023. And that's what I mean by things changing and having to reinvent what we're doing. A lot of times we're doing the same thing, but we change the label that we're doing it under. So for example, back in the early days of my own online agency, I realized the fact that people had value in having a website built for them. They valued it because they really didn't have very many other options. 99 probably percent of the people out there who wanted a website couldn't build it for themselves. And the very first tools that enabled people like myself, partial coders, not non-coders, not developers, but people kind of like with, with a little bit of experience with coding, but not exhaustive, experience with design, people that, I don't want to call us a jack of many trades because every time I use that term, I think of the, about the, the master of none concept that is connected with that. But in some ways, that's what I was in the early days. I was a jack of many trades. <clears throat> and eventually, over time, I began to master some things. And so back then, as I was saying, people valued having a website in a different way than they value it today. Now, over time, other options came into the marketplace that enabled people to build, get a functioning website up that looked decent without having to hire someone to do it. And then as time progressed, I began to realize that there were certain things that people were focusing on in that newer time than they weren't focusing on in the past time, like search engine optimization, showing up when someone types your name into a search engine, or building a mailing list and being able to contact those people and update them whatever, with whatever the business's specials were or upcoming events and things like that. And so... There was always a change of focus. At first, it was the website itself, and then over time, it became what the website was able to do. And then as time kind of marched on, I realized that there was this, I guess transformation would be a good way to put it, but taking someone from one experience to another, from a place they didn't want to be in to the place they wanted to be in, that was summarizing all of these activities over the course of many years. And so one of the things that helped my business grow was recognizing what people didn't want and then pairing it what, with what they did want and then examining that from a strategic standpoint and asking myself the question, how can I use my skill set to take someone from point A, which they no longer want to be at, to point B where they do? How can I help them make that transformation? And so I've been improving on that over the years. Now, if you're looking at your business today and you're somewhat stuck now, let me back up a minute. Well, well, first, before I continue, today's episode is sponsored by two of my own marketing resources. First is the Digital Strategist Newsletter, and the next is the One-to-Many System. Those two, the Digital Strategist Newsletter, that's my monthly newsletter. It's available at jimsnewsletter.com. I release it towards the end of every month, around the 23rd, 24th. It's designed to give you some insights that can help you think through your own marketing strategies and options, kind of like what I'm sharing with you right now. 
So if you haven't checked that out yet, it is free. Go over to jimsnewsletter.com, sign up. The back issues are available there as well. And if you're struggling to build a complete marketing and sales system for your existing business, this is where the one-to-many system comes in. It was designed to help you do just that. It's a program that I created to remove the guesswork and confusion so that you can build a successful website and marketing strategy. Once you learn the framework, and by the way, that's what I'm sharing with you right now before I started talking about this. Once you learn the framework, you can apply it to any of your future projects as well as client projects. So if you haven't checked that out already, it's at one-to-many-system.com. You can learn more about that now. All right. But first, listen to the rest of this podcast. (laughs) Okay. Now, what I was saying was the transformation. That is the thing that your clients want. When you can put a headline to that transformation, I help this kind of person get this kind of result, then what happens is it clarifies first in your own mind, next, of course, in your customer's mind or prospect's mind, what it is that you're able to do for them, how you can benefit them. Remember that old saying, everybody wants to know what's in it for me? That's what this does. And so once you're clear on the transformation that you provide, then you can play with the words that you might use in creating a subject line, creating a headline, creating a book title, creating a blog post. All of that begins to come a little bit clearer into focus because you understand that the transformation that you provide people is probably broken down into several steps. And maybe there are some tools involved in each of those steps. But if people go through the step by step, then they come out the other side in the place that they want it. So for example, weight loss is something that people have been talking about for years. Somebody goes through the program, they drop the weight, they get the healthy lifestyle back, their social life is restored. They begin to discover new things that they would have never discovered because they were more or less in a place where they were depressed, not feeling good about themselves. You know, if you're not feeling good about yourself, it has a ripple effect. It affects everything that you do, everything that you touch. It affects all of your relationships. And so sometimes people have to ask themselves, why do I feel the way I do? It's easy to point your finger at, well, because we're not making enough money or because my husband or my wife doesn't understand. No, I'm getting off of marketing a little bit here, but it goes into mindset and mindset affects everything. And so sometimes you just have to recognize what it is. And, and all of the change, it begins with ourselves. It begins with you. It begins with me. And once we begin to make some of those changes, some of the things are a little bit foggy to us, like what comes next? How do we change what it is that we're doing? Comes a little clearer into focus. So getting back to a little bit of my origin story, there came a point in the early years of my business where I recognized the fact that the gap between what I was making and what I needed to be making, it was significant. And when I sat down and I examined my business, I realized that if I took my current client load and tripled them to be making the amount of money I needed to be making, it would be impossible for me to serve that number of clients. And so naturally having the old school agency mindset coming from the offline world, I decided that, well, I just have to build up the number of people that I'm employing in my agency business. But of course, you have to pay them. There's an overhead associated with that. You have to manage them. You have to train them. And so it wasn't long before I began to really dislike what I was doing. And if you dislike what you're doing, and and here's the issue, 
if you know you have to make more money, but the only way to do it is to do more of what you don't like doing, then it's really difficult to navigate your way, especially depending on your personality, through that type of situation. And my personality type was the kind that if I hate what I'm doing, it's very difficult for me to get motivated and to just push ahead and do it. And that's especially true. And I hate to say this, but if you're married or you know, it's not, you're not by yourself, there's more than one income in the house, it can be very easy to sort of take your foot off the accelerator and put more of the pressure on the other person without even realize that you're doing that. And I know the reason for many divorces has to do with money. It's not the only thing, but it's an important thing that breaks down in relationships where one person feels like they are carrying more of the load than they're capable of carrying. They're wondering why the other person doesn't make the changes they need to make. And it just spirals down from there. Now, I wasn't in that exact situation, but I could feel it. I could feel it breathing down my neck. So we were making enough money. We didn't have to worry about that yet, but I could feel it coming. And if you're in a situation right now, now let me just add another thing here. I realized that with the type of clients that I was serving, and this is something that I mentioned last week, sometimes people look at their income level and they think that's a reflection of their skill set, of their ability. Whereas more often than not, especially if you've been doing something for five years, 10 years or longer, and you know that you're adequately equipped, sure, you may not be the best in the world, but you have experience, you know what you're doing, you're competent. In a lot of cases, I believe your income level is a reflection of the success of your client base. Because if you have a client base that's filled with, let's say, small mom and pop restaurants, then there is a cap, there is a level that you can charge those people for whatever online services they happen to be buying from you. And so simply by changing who your target audience is, who your target market is, it will completely change your income. For example, if you start doing uh, work for people in the healthcare industry, or in the finance industry, or in the auto industry, and the list goes on and on of industries where there's a high markup, higher income, then you can be doing the exact same work that you're doing now, but charging twice as much, charging three times as much. And not only can you do that, but they'll be in a position to repay you recurring income at a much higher level month after month after month. And so I know a lot of times, especially if you're starting out, people don't have the confidence to go after the bigger prizes. But I have to say that serving a low-income client and serving a high-income client, or maybe even somewhere in between, 99 out of 100 times, the work is exactly the same. A website is a website. Some websites may get international traffic where some basically only get local traffic, but the mechanics of the site itself are the same. Okay, so I began to realize that I would, if I had to double or triple my client load, I wouldn't be capable of doing it with the number of people I had working for me at the time. I brought some people on. I brought a designer on. I brought a developer on. And there was myself. So it started out with three of us. And I figured I, I would just grow it from there. And then I realized that this wasn't the type of business that I really wanted to be in. But I didn't realize it in such a way that I could articulate it clearly like I can now on this podcast episode. Because that was then and this is now. 25 years is a long time. 
And I just didn't have the, the insight into what I was doing back then like I do now. And so there was a level of unhappiness that I was absorbing from day to day, week to week, month to month, and eventually year to year during the early days of my business. Now, one of the best things that happened to me was the realization that as difficult as it is to grow a company brand, the fact that it was my solo brand or my personal brand that people were gravitating towards and responding to, that that was the secret which changed how I would do marketing going forward from then on. And it took a while for me to get to that point because I come from a generation where bigger is better. Bigger is always better. Having your own office, having a certain amount of overhead, all of those things were signs of success in the past. And so I had to unlearn all of those things. Now, if you're north of, let's say, 45 years old, you can probably identify with what I'm saying, depending on where you live in the world. But if you were going to meet a client, you met them at your office, not your home office, but your office. You didn't meet them at a coffee shop. You met your office or their office. The sign that you didn't have your own office space was a sign that you had not reached a level of success that comes with being good at what you're at. Now, all of that has been turned on its head. Matter of fact, just about everything that was the norm has been turned on its head over the last 25 years. And in many cases, I believe it's for the better. And so once I realized that people wanted to do business with me, not my company, but me, I was the contact person, I was the go-to person, I was the communicator, then it became much easier for me to market my business going forward. But there was still an issue there of, do I want to be selling services forever? Now, let me fast forward to today with where I'm at today. And I can tell you that I have a higher level of clientele that I serve today. And I still provide digital marketing, consulting services, development services. I still sell um, agency style services, but I do it as a personal brand. Matter of fact, I can do it so successfully as a personal brand, I don't even need a website dedicated to that topic of website development anymore. See, and that's one of the benefits that comes with having done something for so long where people already know who you are. You don't have to prove yourself. And that's great. But if you want to turn the corner and do something new and head in a different direction, then in some ways it does feel like you're starting over again. And so for me, one of the first things that I decided to do was to create some other streams of internet income, online income, that didn't have to do with providing services. And many of you are at a point now where you're probably feeling somewhat the same, where whatever you're doing to make money, wherever most of your money comes from, to make what you need, you may have to double your clientele, or you may have to double what you're charging per month, and you don't feel comfortable about doing that, because that means you have to deal with a different type of clientele to be able to do that successfully. But, you know, when you get right down to it, this is really a very solvable problem because there are so many other ways that you can be generating income online besides doing more of what you're already doing. So, for example, if you have a service-based business, maybe 15 hours a week or 20 hours a week, if that's how much time you're spending, some people are spending much less than that, maybe that's good for you. Maybe spending twice that amount of time doing that thing will have you hating it. So for example, there's affiliate marketing. A lot of solopreneurs are making a full-time income through different affiliate marketing programs and they use their websites, blogs, social media, whatever to promote those kinds of products. They're doing it full-time but there's 
No reason why you couldn't start something like that on the side part-time and make affiliate income doing that. You don't have to manage customers. You don't have to manage clients. All you have to do is refer the product. There's how many people are starting YouTube channels today or different video type of channels around all different kinds of topics. Maybe you want to talk about something that has nothing to do with your, the other business that you're involved in. So for example, I've done digital marketing, digital marketing consulting for years. But when I had the opportunity to create a website around the topic of professional boxing, boxing history, dream fights, what would happen, let's say if Muhammad Ali had fought Mike Tyson in his prime, who would have won, that kind of thing. It was very popular and I wasn't able to monetize it the way I would have been able to monetize some other topics. And that brings up other things that you can do. For example, I used WordPress to create my boxing website back in 2009. I received a lot of publicity around it because I decided to focus on a specific topic within the overall niche. So for example, if you're talking about boxing, you could be talking about what's happening today. There's different weight divisions, boxing training, all of these things. But I decided to focus on the thing that I was interested in the most relative to the sport. And that was the stories, the history of the people that were involved. And what would happen if all-time greats of the past were alive and in their primes in this era? Who would have won? And I often thought about things like that relative to sports. And so it was a natural extension of my existing interests to create that kind of website. Didn't feel like a lot of work. And so I went ahead and I did it. And it was something that I kept up with for several years. I made some money. Most importantly, I learned a lot during that time about how SEO works and how to create content around topics that people in the niche would find interesting. Remember, if you're already in business online, even if it's just part-time and a part-time income that you're making, you know much more about some really important things that you're probably taking for granted. You already have an understanding about websites, design, social media, content creation. You're already capable of doing things like blogging, creating videos, and more. And the fact that you're a solopreneur presents you with even more advantages than disadvantages. Let me explain. For example, people are naturally attracted to real people, people they can relate to. Where you live, your age, your experience, your personality, all of these things make you a unique creator of some kind. Right now on YouTube, I've seen channels where people create short videos about where they live and what life is like, living in the wilderness, living in a small community, living in a big city. The human-to-human element drives their content, whether it be text, video, audio, or all the above. You know, I hear a lot of people come up with why things won't work, niches are too crowded, fields too crowded, and when you get right down to it, if you're looking for reasons why something won't work, then, and I say this lovingly, why be an entrepreneur? Why take the risks? You know, with hindsight being 2020, you can learn a lot of things, why you failed in the past, there's reasons why. Just because you failed in the past doesn't mean you're going to fail again, doesn't mean you're going to fail today. Maybe you failed in 2021, but we're not in 2021 anymore. This is 2023 at the time of this recording. You can succeed in 2023 where you failed in 2021 or even last year. Let me just share with you some of the critical insights that I learned along the way. Things that I didn't realize I was doing that hurt me, things I didn't analyze properly, and now I understand how this works much better. And also understand this, the longer you live, the more experience you have, the more you're going to learn. The learning never stops. Now, in the earlier days, a lot of people thought that 
as a solopreneur, one-person business owner, the key to success online was having your own product to sell. And of course, it makes perfect sense on the surface, but when you dig a little bit deeper, you discover there's all kinds of problems getting to the point where you have a profitable product to sell. There's all kinds of challenges, not the least of which you have to learn how to market effectively, and that too takes time. How many people create a product of some kind, a course, an ebook, a membership site, and they put 110% in it? Sometimes it works, a lot of times it doesn't. And even if it does work, then they struggle to find what comes next, what to sell next, how to find more people. Now, you maybe you've been on Facebook for a while and you've built a big group of people. Some of my friends have very large groups, and I know what that's like to have a lot of people on a list. At one point, I had 20,000 people on one specific list that I was marketing to, but what I didn't understand at the time was there were only so many offers that I could present to that list, and then after a while, I ran out of offers. I didn't have anything that was recurring, and so I always had to find a new, fresh product, and eventually, that list burnt out. And that's when I was specifically focusing on the topic of internet marketing in general. A lot of the general topics work when something is new, when something is fresh, like social media, for example. But back to this concept of trying to create a course or an ebook or a membership site, how it used to be taught, people would create those things and it would be a struggle just to get those things together. Then once they were together, they had to struggle to find enough people to buy those things so they could have a profitable profitable business being built around that topic or that product. And that was more or less the way it's been done or taught over the years. However, consider this alternate approach that many people are using today. What if what would happen if you started with the end in mind and you work backward? So if you need to make an additional, let's say, 50K a year, what are you going to be selling exactly? Let's start with the end in mind. I know sometimes people think, well, I'm going to create a product. I'm going to find a bunch of people to buy the product. But let's start with the end in mind. You're making 50K a year. What exactly are you selling? Is it a one-off product? If it's a one-off product, then how are you going to keep that 50K a year going into year two, three, and four? Or does it make more sense to find something that's recurring and focus all of your marketing on recurring revenue, even if you don't have a product? With recurring revenue, at least you're not starting at $0 every month. And if you start with someone else's product instead of your own, now I'm not saying you shouldn't have your own products. I'm just giving you an alternate look at the same scenario, but from a different angle. If you don't have to create your own product, if you don't have to create your own membership site, if you don't have to create your own software as a service, but you're an affiliate for one that's well-established, right? Now, I'm not talking about a new AppSumo thing that just came out. I'm talking about an already established platform. Let's say Salesforce is a good example of that if you're in the online marketing niche, sales, things like that. Um, If you're in the health niche, let's say you're in health and wellness, how about promoting supplements that give you a recurring monthly income? And so the idea here is that you're going to have a product in the end that gives you recurring income One-off products are fine, but why not start with recurring income? Isn't that going to, business-wise, tick a lot more boxes faster doing it that way? Knowing that, layer upon layer, you're going to add more people potentially into that recurring income funnel, but you don't have to maintain the product. 
You don't have to maintain the customers. Now, yes, they can be on your list. You can communicate with them. All of those things are good, but okay. So now, well, how do I get the people? Aren't you still going to face that problem? Aren't you still going to have to answer that question? Well, let's just take ways that everyone knows that you can generate an audience. Let's say that you're creating some kind of ongoing content. I create a podcast. I'm getting back into blogging again for SEO purposes. Let's say you're creating blog posts or videos around a topic. Maybe you're on YouTube. Maybe it's on your own site or a combination of both. If you create enough content over time, and this is where people stumble because it takes time to create content. It takes time to write articles. Even with AI, you're going to have to do some editing. You have to do some thinking. And But it, it can be done. It absolutely positively can be done. You can create videos. Yes, it takes editing. Yes, maybe you have to have some equipment. You can do what's called a headless video, which means that you're not on camera. That eliminates the need for that specific kind of editing, you know, where you're making stupid faces or something like that. You need to edit out. But if you're just talking over slides or you're sharing your desktop or things like that, you can create videos that are around 10 minutes. And if you create them consistently, then people are in the back of their mind are thinking, yeah, but what about the product? What am I going to sell? Just think about how many people are online today making money from as a result of ad revenue. For example, bloggers make money from AdSense still to this day. I know people that make $40,000, $50,000 extra a year just by AdSense or Media.net or Mediavine or all of those things or the same thing on their YouTube channel. They have this recurring income coming along. They're building it up. And all they're doing is creating content. That is their product. The articles, that is their product. The videos, that is their product. Now, later on down the road, almost inevitably, when they build up an audience and you have, I don't know, um, 20,000 people watching your video, liking your video. And again, people look at that and they say, well, you know, it takes time to build to that. But what business doesn't take time? Think about how long it would take if you're in a service-oriented business to secure that number of clients to get to whatever number you need to get to. And like I said, some people love the service business, but they don't love 40 hours of it a week. And so as a solopreneur, as an individual, you have the opportunity to make multiple streams of income, bring that into your business by doing things that you enjoy doing, and not all of them have to be around the same topic. As I said, I succeeded in the boxing niche. What I didn't know at the time was there was nothing in that niche product or service-wise that could create recurring income. There were plenty of one-off sales, but even that, even with that, that topic wasn't as popular at the time as it was, let's say, if the internet was around back in the 80s when these fighters, their names were household names, at least here in the United States, <clears throat> even around the world. Back in the day, everyone knew who Mike Tyson was. Everyone knew who Muhammad Ali was, all of these you know, famous fighters, Sugar Ray Leonard. People knew who all of these people were. So there were more products. There was more money in that niche. But if we look at some of the other niches that are around today, it shouldn't come as any surprise to you that, number one, the top money-making niches, number one is finance. Anything that has to do with finance is a profitable niche, even if you don't create any products for yourself. For example, did you know that American Express has an affiliate program? Credit Karma has an affiliate program. Bankrate, NerdWallet, all of those things. NerdWallet, by the way, um, 
well, let me not get off track here. Let me keep on going for time's sake. Health and wellness. The vitamin shop has an affiliate program. My protein has an affiliate program. Uh, let's see. What other ones can I find here? Bulletproof in health and wellness has an affiliate program. We can look at software and technology. HubSpot has an affiliate program. All of these hosting companies has an affiliate pro- have affiliate programs. Microsoft has an affiliate program. Travel. We have Expedia. They have an affiliate program. Booking.com, TripAdvisor, all of these have affiliate programs. Even in the education space, like Udemy, believe it or not, they have cheap courses, but they too have an affiliate program. So you have an affiliate program, which you can promote if you're creating ongoing content. And again, you don't have to manage the people. You don't have to do customer service. You don't have to do any of that. Now, I did mention Google AdSense. Let me come back to that quickly because... If you're creating ongoing content and let's say that you haven't found an affiliate program that's a good fit for you, and not that you're going to just be an affiliate and never create products, not that you're going to never create your own membership site or write ebooks or do any of that anymore or have courses, I'm talking about an alternative way of building your online income and get out of the place that you're in. A lot of you are in right now where you are stuck. You don't have enough money coming in. But you don't want to put the pedal to the metal and do more of what you're already doing. And I'm telling you that as an individual, you have as a solo entrepreneur or solopreneur, whatever label you care to use on it, your personality is a brand. And what makes you more attractive, what makes you more magnetic, I guess, is the fact that when you communicate, if you will go beyond just the transactional information, Right? If you're a designer, maybe you share what's called transactional information. These are color palettes. These are how uh, different layouts work and how to use empty space or neutral space. And you go into all of that. Those are things that people can learn from almost anyone. But if you will take it another step and invite people into your story, get people to know who you are, what you've been through, the challenges you face, maybe even a little bit of personal stuff every now and then here and there. The connection that you, will, that you will make with your audience is going to be much deeper than it will if you just give out, again, transactional information. Okay, going back to Google AdSense, people that are blogging or on YouTube. Remember, YouTube, Google, they're one and the same now. One is the biggest search engine in the world for just in general content. The next is for video. And I don't think that YouTube has to worry about AI at this point because it's a standalone, its medium is in its own category. But anyway, uh, you sign up for Google AdSense, you can sign up for Media.net, Exoic, AdThrive, uh, MediaVine, Propeller Ads. I mean, I've had Sovereign, Infolinks. I found dozens of them. Now, some of them require, they all have minimum requirements before you can connect with the network. Some of them, you have to have like a, a hun- uh, 10,000 monthly visitors to your website. Some are 50,000. Some are more than that. I think the biggest one, like AdThrive, is about 100,000 monthly page views to be accepted into their program. What you have to do is make sure your website is connected to Google Analytics, Google Search Console. It's pretty easy to do. If you don't know how to do it, there's videos that will show you how to do it, and you can get set up with that. 
The idea here is that when we look at the time investment that you're putting into your business, either way, no matter what direction you decide to go into, it's going to take time. It's going to take time to find offline clients to provide services for. It's just the reality of it. Now, I'm not saying this is going to take a lot of time. Maybe you meet the right people. Maybe you meet a group of people, and that solves all of your problems within the next few months. Or you could look at the long term and think about where you want to be two to five years down the line. Let's take three years as a happy medium here. Where do you want to be three years down the line? Well, as a solo entrepreneur, you can go places that you would never go if you put your company first, if you put your business brand first. You have the ability to connect with people on a personal level, not just on a content topical level. And that's where I see the future going for solo brands. I see, and it's always been that way. People have always connected with people. When they feel empathy between the person giving the information and then receiving it, a connection or a bond is made. It works well in podcasting. It works well on video. And so this is what I see an opportunity for solo entrepreneurs that was never there before, where this is as close to passive income. And what I mean by that is you still have to create the content. But if it's content that you enjoy, it will seem and feel less like work. And then you're getting paid in the form of ad revenue. That's pretty nice as opposed to having to build something or having to create something or having to consult. Or in other words, you have to be there. And if you look at some of the longtime content creators, sometimes when things are rolling in, they take their foot off the accelerator a little bit, and you'll notice that, well, they haven't created a video in a week. Sometimes they're creating videos every day. Same thing with bloggers or podcasters. Now I see more than ever, people create content on a weekly schedule or basis, or bi-weekly, twice a week. Very seldom do you see this everyday kind of thing like we did in the past. And as far as SEO goes, and this is where I think that, again, there's a great opportunity here. If you create content, let's say written content, and you keep creating it around your topic, and this could be a whole podcast in and of itself, and you have your site set up on WordPress, you have your sitemap, everything, that's all of the plugins, all the basic plugins, Google will reward you. I mean, you can actually see it on a graph, if you look at Google Analytics or Google Search Console, you can see that your your website, your content will begin to rank for certain keywords. And if you keep on keeping on, you will be rewarded. Same thing goes for YouTube videos. And so what I'm trying to tell you is that, and let's start wrapping this up now, is that the personal element, I believe, is the key to growing your personal brand. That connection between you and your audience happens when you take a step outside of just the content and the topic, when you appear to be just like them. We are we are attracted to people. We have friendships with people that have the same values that we do, that have the same interests that we do, that have the same hobbies, all of those things above. And there's plenty of people out that there's, there's Millions and millions of people out there. Do you mean to tell me that it's so crowded that you it's impossible for you to build an audience today? If you go out into public and you round up 100 people, do you mean to tell me that most of those people are going to be full-time bloggers or YouTube creators or podcasters? Absolutely not. 
It appears that way when you're on a specific topic online and you see the same names coming up or same group of names or looking for videos and you see, see the same basic faces. It seems like it's crowded, but in the big picture, if you zoom out, that's just a drop in the bucket. So summing everything up, I believe many of you need to consider building your personal brand going forward, focusing on that. Start by examining your niche and looking for products or services that you could potentially endorse that would give you ongoing income. Don't be afraid to explore niches that are related to your current niche, but outside of it a little bit. Chances are you'll find something that's at the very least related to what you're already doing in some way. And then think about how you can share your own unique journey with a new audience of people. Maybe by creating written content, audio content, or starting a new YouTube channel. Connect with people who are climbing mountains similar to the one that you're climbing, but they're still several years behind you as far as experience goes. Your lessons can be invaluable to them. So share them, share your stories, and invite people to follow you as you move towards the future. That, I believe, is the advantage that having a solo entrepreneurial brand will give you that you could never get by putting your company brand first. All right, that's about all for today. I went over a little bit. I hope that's okay. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you think it will help a friend, please go ahead and share the episode link with them. Share it on Facebook, Twitter, wherever else you are, or send them to jimgalliano.com forward slash podcast. Back episodes can be found there as well. So thank you for listening. Have a great rest of your week, and I'll talk to you later. Later.